Hello and welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. It's Anne-Marie Miles here. So good to have you with me. Thank you so much for the feedback and for the messages. I've been really encouraged by people coming back to me and telling me that you're enjoying the stuff that I've been sharing. And thank you so much for those who went to the website and bought me a coffee. I really, really appreciate that. I wanted to share with you today about what I call my about turn. What happened that made me stop and turn around and decide to deal with the fact that I was eating too much and not dealing with my weight and not looking after myself. For years and years and years, as I've mentioned before, I have been on different diets. I've tried everything like many women have tried everything. The first time I went on to my fitness pal was 2012. So we are talking about almost 10 years since I first downloaded my fitness pal and I was 23 stone and 12 pounds. Thankfully, I've never been that again, even though I have gone up and down over the years. I've never been that high and it was a shock to see that number in real life. But it took me a long time after that to get to the stage where I was ready to really deal with the issues that I had about food. Let me read you something that I wrote back in 2012 and give you an idea of where I was. This is a blog post that I wrote and this is how it goes. A few weeks ago, that familiar and hateful voice started to poke me in the ear with its verbal pencil. Ammo, it's time to pack up your sugars in your old kit bag and diet, diet, diet. What a dismal thought. What was even more dismal is that this would probably be attempt number 20. Here I am, nearly 40, battling with the same old rubbish. As usual, I ignored it for a while, smiled at family and friends and kept my head down while keeping my pecker up. But I knew I needed to do something, so I prayed. I pray quite a lot about a lot of things, mostly to do it myself, if I'm honest. But I prayed that God would help me, that he would inspire me and forgive me at being so terrible at looking after myself. I thought maybe I wouldn't actually write this blog and I'd start with my usual humour. Here we go again, haha! Aren't me and my big bum just hilarious? But then I thought, well, if I'm going to talk about it, I might as well be honest from the start. So this is where I started. Sighing. I dreaded talking about it and facing it. But as usual, God being the merciful one that he is made it easier for me. The first thing that happened was I researched some books. I stumbled across Made to Crave by Lisa Turkist and I laughed at the thought of it. But then I saw the subtitle, Satisfying Your Deepest Desire with God and Not Food. I literally felt pain when I read that and thought, imagine if that were possible. I really didn't want to read the book, so I didn't. <laughs> and then I joined my fitness pal. One of my family members who was currently in the zone showed me the app. If it's an app, it'll get my attention. So on Monday, I did what I've been promising to do every Monday since I was about 14. I started again. I'm quietly and cautiously optimistic. I'm glad to have started again as it swats the guilt bugs. But I'm not kidding myself. In one old blog post, I actually declared myself to have conquered the whole eating thing. There's a death knell if ever I heard one. Not long after that, I stopped blogging about food and around the same time, I stopped caring what I ate altogether. 
The subject haunts me. I don't deny it. But as I checked into Hotel Flabalon, what I call this all-too-familiar place, the devil, dressed in his best concierge outfit and his smart-arse smile, said with his usual cynicism, Ah, Mrs. Miles, lovely to see you again. Will you be staying long with us this time? I smiled right back, signing with a more flourish than necessary, and said, Let's just see, shall we? I wrote that blog post, like I say, in 2012, almost 10 years ago. The determination and effort lasted about six months, and then I was back to my old hungry self, piling on the pounds. For the next few years, I kind of reverted to my anti-diet position, eating what I wanted, ignored my pangs of guilt, ate alone and in secret as often as I could. I could feel myself getting bigger and I felt the strain on my body. I lost a few pounds then in 2013, but then I put it back on and more. I always put it back on and more. I always ended up heavier than I was before I started. I could not break the cycle and I despaired that my prayers would ever be answered. And it happened in 2016. I spotted a blog post written by the author of a book called How I Lost £250 and Stopped Trying to Earn God's Favour. My first reaction was quite defensive. I'm not looking to earn God's favour, thank you very much. Who said I was looking to earn God's favour? But the moment stayed with me and I really felt challenged that I had to let God into this part of my life. I've shared with you before, God has been in my, well, God's been in my life all my life. But I wasn't ready for that door to be opened. It had been slammed shut for so long and every sad and shameful moment shoved behind it. I learned that the writer of this book, Teresa Shields Parker, had let God deal with her food issues and she had not just seen physical but also spiritual success. My journey was still ahead of me and I didn't like the look of it. But I had found somebody who had been where I was. She understood what it was like to be huge and she wasn't huge anymore. Her words drew me in and I lurked in the shadows of her Facebook page and I would read her blog and it hurt to read her words describing a place that I had never been, a place where I would be in control, a place where I would be taking care of myself, but more a more importantly, a place where I would be happy with myself in my swimsuit, with my fat rolls. I longed to be in that place. I longed to find a way to get out of the land I was in, but I really didn't believe that I would. Then one day I read this quote from Teresa Shields Parker. She said, you can't keep doing this to yourself. You are going to have to turn around and start to undo the damage you've done. And the longer you leave it, the harder it will be. Don't wait another moment. Turn around right now and start moving in the other direction. And just like that, I was awake. Almost immediately, I started to look at myself differently. I, I had hated myself for so long and I knew it was wrong. So I gave myself permission to stop resenting the very sight of me. I decided that I was going to change, that I could do it and I would do it. With God's help, I can't do anything without him. <laughs> but I no longer allowed the words, I can't do this, to be part of my vocabulary. For the first time, being transformed from an out-of-control eater to someone who had a more rational relationship with food seemed possible. 
I used to hate that phrase. I think it's attributed to Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Right there, I realised that this was true for me. If you believe you can, then you can. If you believe you can't, then you can't. I knew I could and I would change and I broke the pact that I had made with myself years before. I had made an oath that I would never let anyone into this area of my life. I was never going to let anyone tell me what to do or what to eat. I was never going to allow a discussion about my weight and my eating to be had. I was just not willing to. But once I terminated that destructive contract that I had made with myself, I made a new one. This time, with God's help, I would stop fighting with everyone around me who was trying to help me. And instead, I would fight for my life. Since that day, which was the 23rd of April, 2016, I have had many moments of worry and panic, incidents of overeating, weight gain, stalling. I know I have an unhealthy love for food. And in those times when I feel I'm, I'm losing my grip and in danger of going back to my old eating habits, I stop and I tell myself, I am not going back. You know, I still have good weeks and bad weeks and that's okay. I, I have days where the biscuit tin is just too tempting and days when I can walk past a donut stall without a thought. I try to remember to tell myself every day, you can do it today and you will do it. You are worth it. You're doing great. Look in the mirror. See the difference. After all, it is the truth. And I am done believing the lies. I keep an old pair of trousers from those days to remind me of where I was and where I never want to be again. And I always have a couple of things that don't quite fit me because I know I'm heading to my next goal. When people ask me about my weight loss, the conversation usually goes like this. Uh, so what diet have you been doing? And I say, oh, you know, the one everyone hates. Uh, weighty world? No. Ah, slim wishers? No. Well, you haven't had your jaw wired. Are you on the grass diet? No, I told you it's the diet everyone hates. Which one? The eat less and move more one. Oh, I hate that one. Yeah, I hate it too. I wonder as you listen to this, can you count how many diets you've been on? For me, it's at least 25. I don't know anyone who's on their first diet. And there are so many options. Low fat, low carb, intermittent fasting, whole food, paleo, each one promoting or discouraging different things, all to help us to lose weight and be healthier. I find that as I talk to people about weight and diets, different systems work better for different people. I mean, I think we already know what's good and what's bad for us. And I think too much of anything is not a good thing, even avocados. <laughs> I just wish I hadn't spent so much time resenting myself, hating my shape while I was working all that out. I wish I was still that confident, pudgy girl in that photo that I talked about, that red swimsuit photo, instead of this neurotic overeater who's obsessed with food or the lack of it. The answer for me is eat less and move more. Just five words, much easier to understand than to put into practice. There's a great documentary, you'll find it on YouTube. It's Victoria Woods' Big Fat Documentary. And she summed up the whole problem of eating versus moving in one hilarious sentence. She said, we're surrounded by easily obtainable, high-calorie food 
and yet we're only moving our texting thumbs. The problem is as simple but as complex as that. In that documentary, Victoria Wood also makes another statement that really resonated with me and it rang in my ears for days after I heard it. She said, we're not hungry so much as lonely. We're not lonely so much as empty. And because of that trap of feeling empty, I do whatever I can to stay motivated. I don't eat anything I don't like. If I try something and I don't care how good it is for me, I don't care how beneficial it is for me, I don't care how low, whatever it is, if I don't like it, I don't eat it. I am determined to only eat things that I absolutely enjoy eating. I want to enjoy every morsel. Anything, anything that slows me down, blocks my path, discourages me or deters me has to be removed. It has to be. I have to be ruthless. This is a war. It's a war to keep my heart pumping, my legs moving. I'm fighting for my life here. But I tell you something, it really feels good. So, where are you? Where are you in all this? Where are you on your journey? If you've conquered it, then I am genuinely thrilled for you. But I think most of the people who will listen to this podcast are the people who are still struggling. Because if we don't start again, if we don't try again, what's the alternative? What's the alternative to not trying again? The alternative is that we just keep getting bigger and bigger. I had to realise that this is never going away. This is always going to be with me, whether it's a genetic thing or a psychological thing or whatever it is. I believe the subject of food will always be with me. The issue of weight and health will always be with me and it should always be with me. I used to say, I'm so fed up with this subject. I'm sick of it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to do anything about it anymore. And then I wouldn't. And then I'd put on another stone or another half stone or another three stone or whatever. And I'd have to go back and start again anyway. So let's decide that we're never going to not be on track. We're never going to not be in the zone. That doesn't mean we're going to be losing weight every week. It doesn't mean we're going to be behaving as we should every week. It doesn't mean that we're going to always be eating the right thing all day, every day. But let's decide from now on, we are going to allow this subject to be one that we talk about. We're going to allow this subject to be part of our lives because we want to be strong and we want to be healthy. And we want to live longer so that we can spend time with our spouses or our children or our family. You know, I I have 27 nieces and nephews. I want to be their Auntie Ammo who's around and alive and fit and well for as long as I can. I want to be around to, to work alongside my husband for as long as I can. I love him. I want to live my life with him. I want to live my life for myself. I want to be healthy and happy and strong. And I want to be able to run and I want to be able to walk up the stairs and do the things that you need to do in this life for as long as I can. And if I want to live that life, I have to address my eating. I have to address 
my exercise. I have to, because what is the alternative? The alternative is me going back to almost 24 stone. And I am not going back there. So if it's a kick you need or a hug you need, I'm giving it to you today. Start again. Start again and decide this is not a diet that I'm going to do from now till Christmas so that I can lose a stone and then put it all back on at Christmas. This is my life now. My life is looking after myself, loving myself, eating what I love, but balancing that with caring for my body, caring for my bones, caring for my heart and living a healthy, happy, fulfilled life. What do you reckon? Are you with me? Okay, it's the reason that you've all gathered here. It's time for Frankie. What is that about? (laughs) What is that about? Well, I have had a what is that about submitted to me. Now, I don't know whether this person wanted me to name them. You see, they might have wanted to remain anonymous, but this is what they said. People who have phone calls in public places on speaker. Why do people do that? Why? I'm, I'm totally with you, mysterious person who I don't know whether I can say your name on the podcast or not. But people who insist on having... Well, I mean, people who have loud phone conversations in public anyway, that is ridiculous. But when they put them on speaker in public, like on the train or uh, walking down the road or standing at a bus stop, completely agree with you. Like, what is that about? I don't understand. We don't need to hear one side of the conversation. Why on earth do people think we need to hear both sides of the conversation? I mean, maybe can they hear it better when it's on speaker? Because usually when it's on speaker, then they're holding it away from their faces. I've actually seen it, you know, they've got it on speaker. They're holding it away from their ears and they're like, well, sorry, I can't hear you say that again. What is that about? Now, I have to say, there are some phone calls that I have heard. There is the odd time you'd say to yourself, I wouldn't mind hearing what the other person is is saying in response to that. You know, the odd occasion, there might be quite an interesting And you can't help but hear because the person is talking at 20 decibels. And there are occasions where you think to yourself, hmm, yeah, I wouldn't mind hearing what the other person has to say, you know, in response to the nonsense that I've had to listen to. But most of the time, most of the time, we don't need to hear both sides of the conversation. No, I take that back. All of the time, we don't need to hear both sides of the conversation. And we don't even need to hear one side of the conversation. So people, don't be on speakerphone when you're having a conversation in public. And in fact, wait till you get home. Or, well, I suppose, what's the point of the mobile phone if you have to wait till you get home? (laughs) I'll have to think about that. But be quiet. Okay? Shh. That's Auntie Ammo's rule now. Shh. When you're on the phone in public, be quiet. That's it. Okay, right, I'm off. I'm done for the day. Really nice to have you with me. If you want to leave a message for me, you can go to annemariemiles.co.uk. You can buy me a coffee there. You can listen to older episodes of the podcast. If you want to find me on social media, I'm Ammo Writing, A-M-O-W-R-I-T-I-N-G. Lovely to be with you again this week and I will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.